Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Welcome to Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of shutdown of the live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And three times a week now on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies and coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. They're there to support you, and if you'd like to support this podcast, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me today on Psychomedy, it's Roland Ribron. Roland, hello. 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 Hello, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, actually, surprisingly well. Um, after, you know, the, the, the other end of a two-month holiday, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in incredibly good shape. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the positive spin to put on it. You call it a holiday. Don't call it a lockdown or an enforced anything. It's a holiday. It's a well. I tell you what, it is. It's an enforced um, dry run at retirement. <laughs> yeah. What they've done, they've forced me to not do what I used to do, and they've given me nearly as much money as I used to get. And that strikes me as that's retirement. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, good to hear you're chipper and doing okay yes. with it. Yeah, very, very well, actually. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's good. recently is I've been doing friends' houses up um, for oh, hard nice. cash. And, um, and what's happened with this enforced um, isolation thing is all the things that I would have been doing at various people's houses, I'm doing on my own house. Oh. So now my own house is starting to look absolutely fantastic. <laughs> nice. What are, your, what are your core skills? Um, well, it's, it's very much a jack of all, master of none, but mm. I'll turn my hand to anything um, up until open heart surgery. Right. Okay. So, anything <laughs> okay. after that. <laughs> I thought you were saying you'd had, a, you'd had open heart surgery, and up until then you were great at everything. I was doing all this up until open heart surgery, but I just <laughs> That'll knock out any DIY, won't it? The open heart surgery. It'll yeah. certainly, certainly put a pause on it. Um, well, good, good. And do you have people, animals in the house with you? Uh, um, at the moment, yes. We've got, uh, it's my wife, Monica's here, and my uh, youngest son, who's going to be 20 tomorrow. Yeah. He's here. Uh, my daughter's come back in the last couple of weeks because she was staying with her um, uh, boyfriends at their place, and now she's decided to come back here after 10 days or whatever. Yeah. Um, and very, very fortuitously, my eldest son, who's 25, Dan, um, I helped him move out and into his new flat in Clapton with his girlfriend and a couple of mates uh, on the day of lockdown. Ah. So um, the day of lockdown, we were there and we were sort of six feet apart and all that. But thank Christ, he moved out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, otherwise there would have been murder. Shortly after we moved out, <laughs> I did take delivery of a Makita chainsaw. And, uh, 
<laughs> it could have got very, very ugly if, if he was here, you know, just thrashing about as he often did. But um, he's gone now, so, um, okay. you know, he... the food lasts longer, the loo rolls <laughs> last longer, there's, you know, there's more beer in the fridge. There's yeah. just lots of things that are good about him going. <laughs> and are you understanding the new rules now that you can see them in parks or i don't know well, see, your, exactly. see your own dogs in parks i don't quite understand it myself but. i i i don't really look at my dog when i'm at home but i stare at him when i'm out in the park um <laughs> from six feet away but, i hope yes oh yes oh yeah I've, I've, I've got the the chain the, the chain that's the very fierce chain he's on <laughs> is six feet long um <laughs> No, so we, yeah, we go pretty much every day because we have a dog. It's that sort of enforcing you to, um, uh, to get out and have a walk, which yeah. is a good thing because we probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. My daughter... Is that annoying, to... that noise in the back? No, it's fine as long as it's... Is that someone doing open heart surgery? There's somebody doing open heart surgery over the, <laughs> over, over the back of my fence. <laughs> I've just gone and shut the back door because that'll, um, that'll okay. do it quite a bit. Bear with me. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that um, it's like an angle grinder or something like that he's using, uh, and it started on the stroke of eight thirty this morning. Right, is that someone next door or in, in your house doing it up? No, it's not my house. It's the no. sort of the, the house at the bottom of my garden. <laughs> the bottom of their garden. <laughs> oh no, you've got a house at the bottom of your garden. That's uh, I, I, that's. I've got a I've got a garden, and at the bottom of my garden, there's another garden, and at the top of that garden, there's a house. <laughs> okay. It's okay. amazing. I tell you, Muswell Hill, it's just like, it, there's just endless surprises. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, I, I was listening to you earlier on a brilliant podcast, um, the Smirsh podcast ah, yeah. with, with John Rain. I don't know if you remember that. It's from a, what, a couple of years ago now, was it? Um, um, it or was it last year? Was it, was last it year? about Michael Caine, the Swarm? Yes, I loved yes. it. I absolutely loved it. I've, ah. never, I've never seen the Swarm, but boy, I'm going to watch it now because it did sound you said you quite enjoyed it but it did sound like it was so kind of bad it was good in a it, way yeah it was it was completely ludicrous yeah it was just uh, bizarre you know yeah. the very fact that they you know somebody came up with this idea i suppose you're in the pub <laughs> and you come up with that idea it's like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's quite good and then let, <laughs> yeah. well let's ring michael Caine. let's you know aim high <laughs> and why he did it, I don't know. It's very, they're very strange acting, very stylish sort of 60s clothes. Yeah. And, yes. um, and, and just a lot of children dropping down dead. <laughs> yeah. It's just my favourite type of film. So I'm yeah, going to... With Michael Caine, you know, emotionless, looking on. It's, <laughs> it, and it's about three hours. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. It does seem... Two. It does seem brilliant. And it has, I think it has strange parallels listening to it earlier with, with coronavirus in a way. It's mm. like a, an unexpected <laughs> thing yes. swarming the yeah. country, killing. Exactly. You know, Every, and, I think uh, Michael Caine, if Michael Caine was just running up and down the streets of Muswell Hill shouting, get indoors, <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. Um, I sure, I'm sure everyone would after trying to get a selfie with him. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've met, have you, have you, I'm sure you have met and worked with I, him. I've, I, I've not worked with him. I've not oh, worked right. with him. Uh, I, I met him. Uh, yes, I've uh, met him I, as I well, strangely. Yeah. I, I interviewed him very briefly. Um, I, don't, I don't think he, he got quite what I was on about because he'd just done um, Little Voice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Jane Horrocks. Mm. And, I, and a lot of that 
a film takes place in a really small sort of bedsit room from mm. what I can remember. And I said to him, my one question that you allowed was, I said, you know, what was it like, you know, going from, uh, what was the, the film that he did when he was in the, his early, the one that sort of put him on the map? Zulu. Zulu, of course. Yes. So anyway, I said, so, you know, what was it like? You, you did Zulu, you were, it was just like hundreds and thousands of square miles of sand. And then you went down into this little tiny, and you did a film in a little tiny bedsit. What was that like? And he just completely didn't understand what I was on about. <laughs> in fact, he said, he looked to his mate and said, yeah, we got a tricky one here. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was, that was his uh, contribution to my attempt to uh, interview him. But the premiere, I think it probably was, of, of Little Voice. <laughs> then he just walked on, never to be seen. Yeah, he walked on. He said, you know, he, was, he gave me a look of, you're a complete idiot, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, and moved on. I was, I was just trying to, you know, a bit of levity, but he didn't really see it. <laughs> I've met him briefly once, but if I meet him again, I'll ask him exactly the same question and see, yes. see, see the confusion in his face, which he won't see because he doesn't show any emotion in his face. No, exactly. I mean, and that, I mean, that's why he's got all the roles he has got, because he is completely emotionless. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm going I'm to check out the, the swarm and, and look for tips in curing the coronavirus, because they had a strange tip for curing the swarm of bees didn't they and um yes yeah i think yeah but i think they was they were going to introduce uh, another animal that liked eating the bees or something so if we've got to follow that we've got to try and find something that likes eating um coronavirus <laughs> yeah something that likes a drop of that yeah. and we'll be laughing it's probably yeah. yogurt or something like that it's probably something that everyone's got you know <laughs> Yeah. Everyone's got everyone's got the cure in their fridge, but we just don't realise it. Well, yeah, and someone's going to find it. That's the exciting thing. Some person will find the cure, the vaccine for it, probably over the next year. And imagine how exciting that is. Like, I've got it. It's, it's, Willy, it's, it's the Willy Wonka um, golden ticket, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. It is. But not to a chocolate factory. <laughs> just to an A&E ward. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a sequel of um, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a golden ticket. Where to? The A&E? Yeah, A&E. Yeah. <laughs> Willy Wonka in the A&E ward. <laughs> it trips off the tongue. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I wouldn't usually ask for celebrity gossip, but I was reading your um, your book description, what, what the fuck did I do last night? And that promises, oh, yeah. that promises you uh, stories of upsetting countless, and I'm quoting, I'm quoting. I haven't read the book. Yeah. Uh, upsetting countless Hollywood stars. Um, yes. Before I read the book, or before anyone else reads the book, can I? Can we get a tidbit? Can we get um, your favourite upsetting of a Hollywood star? Oh, if you give it away. Um, there was uh, one time. Now you see, I, I, her name escapes me, but she's a, 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 a an actress. She was a young actress. She played Catwoman in a Batman film. Oh yeah. Um, Anyway, she, we, I had her in the back of the limo when I was doing good stuff, which was a, a sort of what's on in London show. And she was over to promote that film where she was um, a Batwoman. And um, I, was, I kept being briefed by various people saying, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't mention her weight, don't mention her weight. And of course, if somebody says that, that's the first thing that sort of blurts out. So that didn't go down too well. Uh, and then... Um, well, we started talking about dogs. She was talking about, I said, so what do you get up to private life and, you know, downtime? She said, I like to go to the cinema with my dogs. I said, what? 
<laughs> you, you go to a cinema, they allow the dogs in. They say, yeah, they let me bring the dogs and all that. I said, that can't be very hygienic and all that. And I, and I said, I'm not sure I like dogs. And she said, well, I'm not sure I like you. And, uh, <laughs> um, and it sort of went spiral downhill from there on. Um, oh, God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you say you're in a fairly good mood during this lockdown is that is that you generally how how's um what, what kind yeah. of things do you do for your for good mental health and particularly during the lockdown apart from diy and uh, apart from apart from making my house are you still playing good. lots of music i mean a lot of people will know you from I've, uh from all the kind of various music stuff you've done with raw sex and french and saunders and all the radio 2 stuff you do do you, do you, do you still play regularly do you know i don't yeah. Um, I've got a drum kit. It was set up for a long while in one of the rooms in the house. And I did used to have a tinkle every now and again. You know, my kids sort of got into it for a little bit, so I couldn't pack it away. But um, well, suddenly we needed the room and um, it's been packed away. And I, it's, not seen, uh, it's not seen the light of day oh. for the last probably two years. Oh, so no, um, you know, I haven't got my chops. I listen to a lot of music. I'm yeah. very appreciative of what other drummers are doing in, yeah. on, on, you know, in various different climes. But um, myself, I'm not doing, uh, there's, there's no musical uh, projects on the horizon. Mm. Why, do you, why do you think you've, you've stopped playing any particular reason? I'll tell you what happened ages ago. Um, I was drumming pretty much every night. I was jazz drumming, doing depths for people in, the, in London and all that, and playing with people like Faye Weldon's son. I don't even know Nick Weldon, really good keyboard player. Um, mm. I, we did a sort of a season in Paris with the trio with him. And, and it was, I was loving, all I wanted to do when I was at school was play the drums. And by the time I was about 16, 17, I, I started working in pubs, playing drums in, you know, the pickup bands, jazz bands. And, um, before I knew it, I was living in London and I was a professional drummer and it was just like heaven. It was fantastic. Uh, and that went along, trundled along very nicely for a while. And then this bloody drummer phoned me up and said, would you dep for me? I'm going on a two week holiday. He was the drummer uh, at the musical at Wyndham's Theatre, The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole. Oh. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes, absolutely. It's currently being revised. Hmm. Um, I was smuggling in a litre bottle of screw top suave um, <laughs> because we were allowed to hold mugs of tea that had Adrian Mole on. And I was worked out the angle from the people up in the gods and they couldn't see. So I'd get through every show. I'd sit there and just happily, because by the time I'd got this drum pad under my belt, it was just so boring. And I just used to sit and sit this, the screw top suave uh, to get through the evening. Um, and, the, on the back of doing that two-week stint at the Secret Diary of Adrian Mole at the Wyndham Theatre, rinsed out any enthusiasm I had <laughs> for playing the drums. <laughs> you know, I'd been playing the drums every day from about the age of 15, 16, and then there I was about 28, 29, just thinking I never want to see a drum kit again. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was horrendous. So I didn't play drums for about two or three, four years. And then mm. Jules asked me to, uh, to go on tour with him because Gilson had been in a car accident. Gilson Labour's his drummer. Yeah. He was in a car accident. So, so I sort of came out of retirement to do, that, to do that. And I sort of flitted in and out of drumming because I'd sort of switched over to doing stuff on TV by then. So that was much more rewarding. And um, I was getting a lot more out of doing the TV stuff than I was from drumming. 
you mean reward, rewarding financially? I mean, I was because I'm I, I'm particularly interested because I'm learning I'm learning piano at the moment, and I uh, I talk with Richard Branch about the same thing about because he he doesn't play piano in the house, and someone that's learning piano and very excited about playing it every day. I'm always interested in musicians that. It's very uh, strange. No, it's a it's a gift that keeps on giving uh, the piano. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. beautiful if you've got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What fires you creatively nowadays then? I'm doing, I'm working on a, uh, a spoof um, uh, interview show with a guy called Andreas, this guy that I did a short film with a couple of years ago. Um, we're doing this show. Uh, it's called, Is This a Bad Time? Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's me That's interviewing fun. various people that are having a lot of stress, but insist that the interview carries on. <laughs> okay. so it's a sort of, you know, it's it's a, a catalogue of errors, but um, hopefully immensely funny. Oh, nice. So I'm great. working on that. You know, we're writing up scripts and, and putting the feelers out for people to uh, contribute and stuff like that to be in that it. That's great. Is that like interviewing like real kind of celebrities or fictional? Yeah. People? Oh yeah. Yeah. A yeah. bunch of comedians and uh, you know we've got people like Barry Cryer and um, oh god, here we go names again. Um, the guys Michael in the fast show, yeah, Michael Caine would be good, yeah. Uh, no, we, we, we're sort of heading towards comedians and uh, people that can um, do a, improvise a bit because you know the situations that we're going to find ourselves in, uh, there's a necessity to improvise, yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's various people we've got lined up and we're still sort of fishing for other ones. Um, when I'm not doing that, when I'm not doing that, I see, I don't really have, we haven't got a hobby. My wife um, bought a, uh, a, a big sort of quite impressive three-story doll's house from my daughter about five, six years ago. And uh, my daughter didn't really take to it. So she uh, sort of inherited it. And that's her hobby. She's got this hobby and she's fit, fitted out this um, doll's house to the most incredible um, degree. In fact, when you take pictures inside various rooms, it actually, no word of light, it actually looks like a room. And, you know, and there's a fag tray with a little cigarette in it and all that. And, and, you know, a copy of the Radio Times on, you know, flicked open and things. It's, yeah. um, it's truly amazing. And I would say that's what my wife does. Um, if, I, if, I, if there was ever a hobby I'd put my hand to would be watching her <laughs> out with the doll's house. <laughs> yeah. That's, like a, that's like, a, like a goggle box type thing. You're not watching the programs. You're watching someone yeah. else watch them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, she, 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 goes, like she, she goes caravanning, doesn't she? She's big into caravanning, is that right? We are both. We yeah. are both, yeah. Um, I was asked about oh, 20 years ago uh, by the Caravan Club of Great Britain if I'd, uh, when I used to do the holiday show on BBC, yeah. um, they, they got in touch and said, Roland, would you and your family be prepared to go on a, a short caravan holiday to northern France for the long weekend? Yeah. And I said, what, you know, uh, caravans? We don't even, I don't think we'd ever used the word caravan <laughs> in any conversation that we'd had. So uh, we tentatively sort of went along with it. I went to learn how to tow a caravan. And before I knew it, we we're heading down to Calais. We we're on the ferry. We we're going to this campsite with a caravan that I'd never towed before in my life, shitting my pants, um, thinking, what the hell are we doing? Got there immediately, my wife and my kids fell in love with it. It was the most fantastic thing. It was like a, a little Wendy house on wheels, my kids running around and having a great time playing with the other children that they'd never done when they were here. 
Um, and from that day on, we never went anywhere else other than holidaying in a caravan. Yeah, nice, nice. I've just, nice just got into it. I've just got into it with my, my kids. I went, yeah, for the first time, I think, last, last year. And they, they're desperate to go again. And it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. Ah. I, it's I good. See, I, mean, I see um, your wife released a cookbook, didn't she? Um, yeah, Monica <laughs> Rivon's Caravan cookbook. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, I think you... probably a world first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that last, that last niche market that um, cookbooks <laughs> hadn't covered. <laughs> yeah. What's the top tip for cooking in a caravan then? Because they have the same oven, don't they? But, yeah, keep, keep it, it simple. simple. Of course. Keep it simple. And if, you, if possible, use, do it in one pan. Oh yeah, one pan cooking. That's the yeah. That's the way. You know, the least mess you make because you've got hardly any room. You know, the slightest bit of mess is just magnified in a caravan. Yeah, so, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. that's the thing. Yeah. In fact, I've just thought of another niche market that Mon could probably try and get into, which is a coal miner's cookbook. <laughs> um, but we'd have to get her down a coal mine, and I don't think I don't think she'd be up for that. I'll ask her. I'll ask her. There's no harm in asking. Maybe. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get anything. <laughs> Niche cookbooks could be a good idea, I think. Like yeah. cooking, cooking for Michael Caine. Cooking if you for ever, Michael Caine. If you ever have to cook for him, what would you cook? Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, cooking on a train, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Cooking, yeah, cooking for people you don't know. That's probably quite good. <laughs> yeah. I'll make a list. I'll make a list yeah. and see how we get on. Yeah, yeah. Let's, go, yeah. yeah. let's get in touch with producers later. It sounds like a, yeah. it sounds, it sounds like a go already. I assume it's a Yeah, well, it's, it's up in the air. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, cancel. Is this a bad time? I think this is, <laughs> I think this is the future. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is this a bad time? That sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, because I was, I was yeah, reminding myself of your like, uh, set of six and things like that that you ah, yeah. used to do and brilliant. And um, yeah, so it's, it's great that those kind of things, maybe not great for you that they're still on YouTube and you're probably not getting any money from people watching them on YouTube, but um, great that you can still get them and remind yourself. Do you, know, do you know, I didn't get that much money when we made it. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Back in the day, um, there wasn't that much money sloshing about on Channel 4. Um, and as, as for repeats, well, forget it, yeah. Um, yeah. You can buy you can buy the whole series on iPlayer for oh, about okay. seven quid, I think. On iPlayer? It's like £1.30 each, yeah. And I thought, oh, when I saw that, I thought, oh, well, that's, that's got to be a little trickle coming my way. Hmm. Not a bit of it. I probably don't own any of it or, you know, I'm, it's probably illegal of me to actually be talking about it. <laughs> well, but yeah. it was good fun making that, I tell you. That was, that was a... No, nothing. There was no script. There was only yeah. an outline for a story, but there was no scripted dialogue. So everything was, um, you know, on the hoof. That was a good experience. Yeah, it sounds like is this a bad time? Is you know down that down that line? It will be. Extent. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's the theatre of awkward. You know. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Oh, I look. I look forward to that. I look forward mm. to that. Are you um, are you generally optimistic for the future? And how uh, do you think this lockdown period has changed you or changed society at all? Or I, I think it, it has changed society. Uh, it will change society. I was talking about this to my uh, wife when we were walking the dog and staring at it. And I said, do you know what? The people are going to look back on 2020 as the year nobody did anything. Mm because nothing's happened, you know. Uh, and she said, oh no, quite the opposite. This is the year when everything's happened because people have become so much more aware of what they're doing, what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing. 
that um, we're going to come out of this, obviously, you know, in penury, but um, we're going to come out uh, with a very, very clear idea and a positive idea of how we want to carry on our lives from now on, because we've been forced to experience the side that we never really thought we'd make the effort to have a look at. Yeah. So it's been a very good thing in that respect. You know, and it feels to me, as I said, it feels like um, I've, I'm in, in forced retirement. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely right. It's a chance of a pause and a reset. And I don't know about you, but you can often just kind of flip between projects and feel like you need to be putting stuff out there constantly yeah. and wor working. And this is a chance of a reset and think. Yeah. How often, uh, how often does a, a, a broken computer suddenly spring to life with um, effervescent freshness if you just turn it off, wait a few minutes, <laughs> turn it on. And that's what the world is doing now. The world's been turned off for a few yeah. minutes, well, maybe months, and then it's going to be turned back on again. And you know what? When that screen comes back, it's going to be refreshed and gorgeous. <laughs> And it's beautiful. You should be the voice of the nation, Roland. You should be. <laughs> I've had enough of that um, Professor Witty giving us the. He's so yeah. depressing that the, the daily briefing. You know, I, I, well, let's let's have some optimism. Yes, it's very dry and woody. Um, yeah. If if I was if I had to sort of uh, opinion anything about him, dry and woody. Um, I think his 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 people that sort of tell him what to do should should sort of you know Chuck in a have joke. a word. Yeah, chuck it a jar, or maybe, maybe uh, uh, you know, a nice uh, Bermuda shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's got an unfortunate name, hasn't he? Witty for someone so, yeah. for someone so yeah. dour, but um... witty by name, but sadly, <laughs> not by nature. <laughs> yeah. But I guess if you're witty and positive and wear the Bermuda shirt, you're basically mm. Boris Johnson. So yeah, yeah, you can go exactly. too far. You can go too far the other way potentially. But I wonder whether Boris Johnson got him in purely on his name. <laughs> I had no idea how good he was. Yeah, he sounds fun. I like the name. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the one thing I'm watching during this lockdown period. Apart from your old um, <laughs> YouTube videos, I'm watching the Daily Briefing every day. I do find a lot of comedy in that, and a lot of oh, the, yeah. the, the, the pain, painful comedy. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know whether everyone's watching the Daily Briefing for comedy, but I assume they are. I assume they are. Well, we're allowed to take it whichever way we want. Hey, it's still a free country. <laughs> it is, at the moment. Yeah, and, well, it's going to be it's going to be less than free. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be minus figures. <laughs> <laughs> well, end, let's end on a positive note, Roland. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's all going to be gorgeous. It's all going to be gorgeous, isn't it? Your, um, yeah, yeah. your show will come out soon, I hope. It sounds great. Yes, that, that'll, be, uh, that'll cheer everyone up. I mean, when we started knocking this idea about, uh, it was perfect timing because, yeah. you know, the, the, the coronavirus was just kicking in. People were sort of not allowed to go out. And then we were just, me and Andreas were just debating this film, this show called Is This a Bad Time? Yeah, you know, it's great. It's great. It was yeah. perfect timing. But do you do stuff still with Channel X? Because I met those guys recently. I was doing, um, doing no, a sitcom I've... pilot with them. Oh, right. Good. Um, yeah. I haven't. Um, I've oh, okay. put a few things by them, but, yeah, you know, they, they, they didn't bite. Um, okay. you know, but so... They're going to bite with our cooking uh, show, yeah. I, I'd imagine. Cooking on yeah. a train. That's, that's the one I want to start with. That's going to be episode one to get everyone hooked. Cooking yeah. on a train. Because are you allowed to cook on a train? Probably. I don't... I... Get a little I'm not sure. Out. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe fondue on the four fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spin-off book. 
Yeah. It's like that with a murder mystery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a horrific train crash at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the um, that was in the swarm, wasn't it? <laughs> I think there, yeah, well, there was a, 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 a incredible um, sort of OO scale train crash. <laughs> yeah. Like something straight out of <laughs> yeah. Thunderbirds. It was yeah. great. <laughs> Those no, They'll be attracted by the fondue as well, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. The smell of it, anyway. I mean, yeah. It's an absolute pleasure and honour to have you oh, on, right. Roland. And, I've, uh, I've watched so many of your shows and it's just beautiful to talk to you. And thank you very much. Keep well and um, uh, keep cooking in obscure places. I shall. I shall try and stop me. Bye-bye. Lots of love to you. Cheers. The fantastic, the brilliant, the wonderful Roland River on there. Amazing. So, oh, and he did contact me just after the podcast and he has confirmed that the actress he was talking about in the back of that limo was da -da 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 -da, Alicia Silverstone. There we go. I'll never watch an Alicia Silverstone film again <laughs> in the same way. Big fan. Big fan of Roland. Thank you very much. That is our show for today. Join us again on Tuesday for more Psychomedy Daily. We're running these, as I've said before, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. Your donations, your generosity and your comments, your retweets are all very much appreciated at this time. Thank you so much. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There's mental health tips there from our counselling partners at ThreadUp. Get in touch with them. ThreadUp.co.uk. They're offering free checking sessions at the moment. I'm Nathan Casty. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy. Stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy on Tuesday. Pod people.